Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose, a podcast made possible by Skylife Success, a SkyPass group company. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, dear friends, and welcome to another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. As usual, we're trying to embark on this duality of trying to do both the visual and the audio. Thanks again for the increased likes and follows. I think our YouTube channel is just right at 2,000, and uh, for that we are immensely grateful. The audio excursion is, of course, heard on many streaming platforms, uh, originates with Anchor, and then is available on multiple streaming venues. We've just embarked on this devotion, which is the written version of what we do. And I know you probably get tired of me repeating that, but many people are getting plugged in in different ways. And the devotion, the written version, is available on Telegram, and then to a select few of you who don't like to subscribe to newer platforms have asked if I would send that out to you by way of either a text or an email, and hopefully we're obliging the same. For one such devotion that I'm planning to release around the middle of May, or probably to the latter part of May, I created a narrative this morning, and I thought that's what I would share in some kind of a duality. I simply title this ABC, Accept, Believe, Commit, ABC. Now, in the days of old, as a motivational speaker, ABC stood for attitude, behavior, and character. So whatever nomenclature cements you, whatever thought process kind of augments the way you think, act, and feel, follow right along. But today, I want to take a story. You know, I'm a storyteller, and I want to take you to the story of Father Damien, He was a Belgian monk, so to speak, or a Belgian priest who decided that he would embark on a journey of serving the people on the island of Molokai off the coast of the main island of Oahu in Hawaii. Now, of course, when Father Damien went there in the middle 1800s, it was called the Kingdom of Hawaii, and Molokai was one of the islands where the people who had been afflicted with the scourge of leprosy, that dreaded curse that has plagued humanity since the beginning of time, this is where these people were relegated to exist. Now, when I wrote those words, I kind of pondered as to why I wrote the words relegated to exist. Because there was no other life. It was just succumbing or waiting to succumb to this dreaded illness. And on a clear day, if you're in Oahu and you're on top of one of the peaks there, probably Diamond's Head, which I've had the privilege of trekking multiple times, from there in the distance, you can actually see the outline of Molokai. They say today, if you took an excursion there, you may have to take a private way to get there and you may have to go down by some kind of a pony express to get down to this valley where these folks afflicted with leprosy were removed. Removed from mainland, incarcerated in a medicinal concentration camp because the disease of leprosy, now known as Hansen's, which is curable, was considered a scourge. Now, in those days, what they would do, and Father Damien decided to go there, 
is that at high tide uh, the ships would come in and uh, uh, drop the drop the supplies on the beach and none of the people were allowed to come down to the beach till the tide had receded and the boats went away and only then could they come down and retrieve the supplies that would be their only sustenance into this midst a man decides that that's where I'm going to go I'm going to accept with my mind that this is my call. I'm going to believe with my heart that this is where I'm called to serve. And then I'm going to commit to serving these people in a way that I feel natural to me. Now, much has been said about the life since. Uh, in fact, many years later, after Father Damien succumbed, and we'll catch up with the story in a bit, the people of Molokai asked for a part of his body a bone, a fragment from the hand that served them to be left behind as a burial marker to the land he was so committed to. The rest of the body, of course, was retrieved by the Belgian government who lauded him. Some say that he is revered as a saint. Now, so great was his call and commitment that when he passed away, Father Damien's brother actually went and fulfilled the rest of it. Now, this whole concept of people afflicted with leprosy is close to my heart. I've been part of a movie called The Least of These that had a similar story and will try to run both in parallel. But again, we are in these unprecedented dark times when there is so much hurt and catastrophe and almost every message we give has to mention in some way this pandemic that plagues us. But what then of the people, or as Francis Schaeffer so often said, how then shall we live? Now here is Father Damien, middle 1800s, the kingdom of High has relegated a bunch of people to the outskirts, not even worthy of being on the main island, and boats would come and throw supplies. In the devotion that I wrote, I said, no movie can ever do justice to the plight of these people. No imagery that is visual, that is painted or perfected or punctuated can ever bring any kind of semblance to the heartache with their nubs that are completely folded over, with nerves that are completely deadened, with a body that is disfigured. Their disambiguated selves relegated into the misery and the heartache of looking to other people who just look like them. With dirty rags wrapping their face, many cultures have ostracized these people and there are many religions and worldviews, including the one I came from, where if you contracted this disease, you were taken outside and your death rites were performed and you were considered dead to the family. A generational curse, they said. If you are afflicted with something that is now curable, we are now not only going to treat you as someone who is not anyhow going to participate in society, we're going to give you a subhuman status. In the very town I grew up with, Vishakhapatnam, and I know some of you watch from as far away as the place I was born in, where my grandfather's house was, there was a small alley that came out that went to the bus stop. That area was called Reading Room. On one side was a bookstore of some kind, but on the other side was a colony that housed these people disenfranchised. I remember in the early days, people used to use the term leper. And once when I'd used the term, I was sternly rebuked by one who was caring for them, saying, that is derogatory. They are just afflicted with the disease of leprosy. 
I myself suffer from a skin condition of dermatitis and I know the heights I go through hide it even on camera by putting a little bit of makeup and trying to trying to subdue those red the redness that would show if me with something as simple and as vague and as vain as what I'm experiencing go through all of that can you imagine what it have been if your face is now riddled with holes and your fingers are now falling off and the people around you are saying hey you don't exist into their midst this man goes into their midst he goes down to the to the bottom and picks them up so the premise today is this, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you see around you, do you accept your lot in life? Do you accept that you're at the right place at the right time to do the right thing for the right reason for the right people? My mentor, Dr. Ramesh Richards, father used to say so much to be done for so many by so few with so little. So much to be done for so many by so few with so little. And one day, as they say, proverbially fate catches up. Father Damien is pouring himself a beverage that probably had a high temperature to it. Part of that beverage overflowed from the container in which it was supposed to be housed. It landed on his feet. And as it landed on his feet, he suddenly realized he didn't jump back. He didn't recoil. He didn't even react. And then he realized that his body, the extremities of his own self, were now afflicted with that which, we, which he had come to serve. And he cried out aloud to the God above, Oh my Lord, I am finally one of them. A affliction that suddenly draws you as an attraction. An affliction that gives you an association. And I thought, what, what better way to embark on a life than to have a simple ABC? I accept where I am. Some of us are locked up in the Philippines. Some of us are locked up in other parts of the world. Some of us have managed to overcome this. Countries like New Zealand that had a smaller populace and more stringent measures seem to have fought it and thwarted it the best way they know how. But their restrictions are severe. If you have anything considering even coming close, I travel for a living and now every time I travel on the airline's ticket itself, as soon as you pull up your ticket, it puts up a series of restrictions with which if you do not say okay to, you can't advance on your own reservation. Society around us is determining where you go, what you do, how you get there, who you will interact with, and when you do all of that, are you even going to be welcomed back? A virus. A virus that has claimed untold thousands, millions maybe. Numbers, whether they are underreported or overreported, is probably a discussion for a different day. But what is your ABC? How will you accept that which you have been called to do? How will you believe so much in the indwelling of that call that you are going to undertake that which is impossible, that which is improbable, and that which is unknowable? How will you then arrive at that commitment that says, this is what I have been called to do? How will you arrive at that point and finally say to yourself, oh my God, I'm finally one of them. Father Damien's story is a story of legend. 
A Young Life of 45, Robert Murray McShane, Middle 30s, Nabil Qureshi, 34, Henry Martin, 33, Our Lord and Savior, 33. It is not the number of years we have to make an impact. It is not the amount of years that that knowledge that we amass that amounts to the wisdom we think we have that is going to generate a legacy. My mentor and hero, Mr. Zig Ziglar, often said, he says, I've read obituaries and I've read birth announcements. I've seen where it says born, boy, girl. I've seen where it says died, doctor, engineer, actor, character. But the irony is you're born a boy or a girl and you'll die a boy or a girl. You can't take your lods with you. You can't take your lodits ahead of you. When we get to heaven, we're going to come empty handed. We're going to come empty handed and naked just like we arrived into this world. But at that point, we're going to have to make a question that answers itself. What then did you do? Or as Francis Schaeffer put it, how then shall we live? Mr. Ziegler said, you can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. But our corrupt society is so conditioned to what others can do for you. Our corrupt society is so bent on feeding this misstep. I'm going to give you a quick story that I heard this morning on my morning walk that was narrated by R.C. Sproul. And he told of the prophet Jonah, a minor prophet. The first time God asked him to do something, he ran in the opposite direction. But the God of second chances asked him to do it again. The second time he did it, he went and he was sure that it would be the outcome that he hoped for. But God's mind was altered a little bit. God already knew the outcome. He didn't know Jonah to do his work. In fact, R.C. Sproul puts it this way when he says, if Jonah had gotten over that ship and the fish had never swallowed him, the rest of the people would have gone on their way to Tarshish. The storm would have seized and all bets would have been off. The guy was given a job, he didn't do the job, and he perished. But the God of second chances, and that's what I want to talk about today. What are the second chances that this ABC will do for your life? What are some things that you didn't do and blamed other people because you felt that they owed you something? What are some things you did and were never rewarded for it because you felt you had given your all, but they felt you needed to give more? Life is a series of chances, a series of choices. But the ABC is really simple. You'll have one life to live. I've always said, and I've told you this, for those of you who've tracked with me for all the years that I've been flapping my gums, you come into this world and other people are laughing. When you leave this world, most of them are crying. I wish it was the other way around. When I came into this world, I just want to remember that I was crying. But when I leave this world, I want them to be cheering, saying, this is a life that was well lived. One person put it this way when asked, what do you want your tombstone to say? Fred Smith Sr.'s tombstone said, he stretched others. Another person said, I want mine to say, suffering servant of my sovereign Lord. The one on my mother-in-law is a, a headstone is a, is, is a scripture. As for me and my house. We will worship the Lord. What is your life? What is your legacy? When the hot water of surprise suddenly falls on the deadened nerves of death and there is no feeling left in you, 
Can you look up to the heavens above and say, oh my God, I am finally one of them. Until next time, this has been another edition of The Pursuit of Purpose. A, B, C. Accept, believe, commit. Or attitude, behavior, character. Until next time, this is Chris Dunham. Good luck and God bless. that concludes another episode of the pursuit of purpose with Chris Dunham brought to you by Skylife success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at chrisdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.